This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bedside Podcast. So excited to have you here. Today, I'm really looking forward to sharing my conversation with Wendy Stragar, who is back on the podcast. She formerly chatted with me about a year ago now with her episode titled Awakening Your Sex and Love Life. I'll link it below in the show notes. But today she is back and we are chatting everything good, clean, love, which is her brand as she is a pioneer in the organic and clean intimate care industry. If you go to any pharmacy in the US and you go to the sexual wellness aisle, you will see some pretty big household names, and then you're gonna see Good Clean Love. It's remarkable the footprint that Good Clean Love has in the category. I swear by what they're building, I label them as the gold standard for water-based lubricants and ingredient safety around specifically the vaginal and rectal biomes, which you'll hear more about today. As you'll hear on this episode, Wendy gets nitty gritty about what the vaginal microbiome is and how it has everything to do with conditions like chronic UTIs, bacterial vaginosis. We also cover the ins and outs of pheromones, scent, why we're attracted to certain people, harmful and safe ingredients to look out for, the development of a lot of Good Clean Love's products, and where the sexual wellness category is headed, according to Wendy. So excited for you to listen to this episode. Be sure to rate and review. Share this with a friend if you loved it. It makes the world of a difference, one listener at a time, and I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. So let's get to my conversation with Wendy. You know, I'm so excited to have you here today. I feel like the last time we spoke, we really talked a lot about your book, Sex That Works. We got so into all those details, but we ended the interview being like, wait, we didn't even get to chatting about good, clean love. So I'm so excited to have you here today to really get into kind of how you started the company really about your products, the ingredient story. There's a lot to cover. So I guess my first question for you is like, how did you begin this? Where did you even begin being like, I'm going to start a sexual wellness company and it's good, clean love? Yeah. Well, if only I could have started on that day in that way. Um, uh, So I want to first say that the mission of good, clean love is to expand the experience and awareness of love in the world. And there were many people over a long time that said, that can't be your mission because how can a company do that? And I I think that it's like, 
Partly we do that because of the kinds of products we make and for the very deeply intimate personal nature for which people use them. If you can create a space and have it be expansive enough for people to imagine that they're actually giving their time and energy to something that matters to them and that you care about them, that you care about what they produce and you and you want to create a safe space for them. So what that means is like, we just hired a woman. She ended up being very sick on day two of her employment. She had no PTO. She had no money. So we had to change the rules to give her PTO because she couldn't, she was too sick to work and do that. And so that's what I'm talking about a safe place. Like it's actually tactical, right? That like people feel held and secure. And it, it's actually something that we've given up largely in corporate America and, you know, most enterprise, right? Like where you're looking at at where the value goes. Um, historically, you know, that used to be a much more even split. When people committed themselves to working at a company, they were they were given a pension and, and the company said, you stay here and work for us and we'll take care of you over time. And if you get sick, we'll give you this health insurance or if your family's sick, right? Like it was, it was much more human organization, pre-Reagan actually, right? So I was a little, I, I was young. I was maybe your age when, when that started to shift. And what we saw that enterprise values continue to rise and people's sense of security and capacity um, to manage in the world dropped. Um, I mean, some people got really lucky on 401ks because the market was like burgeoning and all that, but by and large, it wasn't the same level of security unless you were a teacher, right? Like teachers still had it or big government organizations still provided it. But that I think is when things split in the way we talked about. Um, and so I feel like Good Clean Love is a B Corp, um, which means that we serve a lot of shareholders, right? Not just money shareholders, in fact, least money shareholders, but you know, our employees, the community we live in, our customer community, the doctors we work with, all of those people is who we're beholden to. And to make that true is how you expand the idea of love as a real thing in the world, as, as, a, as an action verb, right? Because love is an action verb. It's not something we think. It's like what we actually do with our time and our attention. And so I uh, started this in my kitchen and my bathroom to, to be totally transparent. I was 38 and I uh, had my fourth child the year before, and I had all the damage that any woman's body goes through from having four live births. And sex was very painful. Sex was very painful. And I also knew that our sexual life was really critical to us holding the rest of the mess together. Um, so grew up in a divorce, did not want to repeat that part of my life. So it was very, very devoted to coming up with product concepts that could help me maintain a healthy sexual intimacy with my husband. So that was how the company started. So for a very long time, we were developing products just to make intimacy more comfortable, more arousing. Because one thing that I learned in those early years is that the two big problems that women have with sex is painful sex. And interestingly, many young women have this problem. We think that's a problem that you would have just when you age into it, when you're after you have four kids or whatever, when you're 
38. But um, honestly, many times just after one child, women have that issue. And even we have just recently done a survey and among 20-year-olds, 20 to 30-year-olds, using lubricant is, is to alleviate pain, not to have more pleasure. 60% actually. So sort of jarring, like jarring high number that um, and and I, you know, we talked a lot about why that might be true, right? Like about how women, um, you know, frequently think about a man's pleasure before they think of their own, and they feel afraid or anxious to expect a man to wait for them to be ready to be penetrated, which is really silly because what would he be doing that's more interesting than that? <laughs> and so, you know, I always talk about a clitoral orgasm as sort of the precursor to any penetration at all, right? But you'd be amazed how many women are not aware of that. And so lubricants can help that. But I do want to just say right up front that like, if you're not ready to be penetrated, even a whole bottle of lubricant might not actually make that pleasurable for you. So the, so all that stuff I was learning early on about arousal and how the arousal mechanism wakes up. And so a lot of our early products were scent products, love oil, pleasure butters, candles, like wax, soy, soy candles that you could rub on. And they all had um, very distinct scents that actually change your brain chemistry. They go from your nose into your olfactory, which is your limbic brain. And, um, and they are really amazing. They're based on these ancient aphrodisiac formulas. So, so where you turn on your arousal, your sexual arousal is also where memory and emotion live in your brain, which is so helpful, actually, <laughs> um, because then you can remember pleasure and, you know, and, and arousal, right, are like could be really tied through scent, right? It all happens in the same place in your brain. So, uh, yeah, so we still sell love oil. It's a very small product for us, but I'm hoping someday I'm going to be able to really do some uh, communicating because every time I use it, I think, how do I not sell a million bottles of this stuff? <laughs> tell me, tell me, did you start with love oil? Was that your first product? Yeah, that was our first product. And we still have those same love oils that we started with. But, you know, so I'll tell you a few magical things about love oil. They smell different on everybody that wears them because they heighten your own pheromones. And so I used to do this little circus trick when I would do these trade shows and I'd put love oil on everybody's wrist and I'd be like, okay, now everybody smell each other's wrist. And people like, whoa, 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 because people smell so different because we all have our own unique scent. And we also have a scent that changes throughout our body. So, you know, our genital organs smell very different than our chest, than the nape of our neck, right? Like, and so basically love oils anywhere on your body is really sexy because it's providing all this unbelievably vivid data to your olfactory bulb and IE limbic brain, which gets that arousal mechanism. Oh, that's right. I do like sex. Oh, I forgot. I have pleasure, right? Like you, you have that kind of, it's not really a mental thing. It's more like a visceral memory, but also when you put it together with somebody else, 
you create a scent that's unique to that couple. So yeah, so I rely pretty heavily on those scent memories when I have really amazing sex to this day with my same partner of 40 years. And it's pretty psychedelic. So I think that love oils have that quality too. I just had the thought I have love oil on my bedside table. I'm like, I should put that on before I go out and then layer it with my perfume. You should. And actually, I always tell people if you want to find a partner, here's here's the tip that to find a, the partner of your life, of your dreams, is to like first spend some time quietly with yourself and think about what three qualities you want a relationship to bring to you. And they have to be really important because that means you give up all the other things on your list. Wow. You can't get everything on your list. But you can get the three things that are most important that would that that are willing to sacrifice other things for, right? And then wear the love oil that you're most attracted to in the world. And make sure you send me a note when you meet him <laughs> or her. I love that. I actually do get notes like that. Sometimes like they'll send me a note 10 years later. We just had our 10th anniversary and I want you to know I saw you do this thing in a show in Chicago and I'm like, oh, so sweet. But what's most important about scent actually is the way that it tells us whether this is a person or that you can be partnered with. If somebody smells bad to you, that means they're too biologically similar. So you couldn't create good offspring, but likely there's other ways than just biologically that they would not be a good match for you. And so if you never get to smell them, you don't have probably the most critical information that you need about them. And also like sometimes, you know how when men would wear like axe or whatever thing, you can't really smell them, right? You can only smell that scent, which, you know, that's the other thing that's different about love oils and almost every other scent, which is that most scents are fixed. So, you know, when you smell axe, it smells the same on everybody, right? But love oil smells unique on everybody because it's not a fixed scent. Anyway, I think it's really probably the most important of all things that you can do is smell somebody. That's how, that's how the kiss developed, right? Like, you know, the very earliest kiss was really so that you could, it was more like a nose touching so that you could smell each other's scent. That was the very, that was the origins of the kiss, Again, to provide this really critical information in order to know, is it even worth kissing this person? I love that. What a fun fact. I never knew that. Um, okay, so what is, I'm curious to know what your highest selling skew is. Uh, well, we are known for sexual health and lubrication. And so the first product that ever made it on the shelf is our organic almost naked lube that has the widest distribution in 50,000 doors. BioNude is a pretty close second. And that actually was the fastest growing distribution. You know, so one is organic and some people are very devoted to that organic aloe base. BioNude is more of a biomatch lubricant. So it's made in a more inert base of, oh, it's like a wood pulp. You know, some people react to almost naked if they have a, like an allium allergy. So that's like onion, garlic, aloe, a lot of things in that family. So I think there's three to 5% of people who might not have a good experience because you're only going to sense that allergy in your mucous membrane. So you might be able to put aloe on your skin, but not in your mouth, as an example, or in your mucous membrane of your vaginal area. And also we keep all of our products at a very low pH because um, the vaginal health 
that is most important exists at 3.7 to 4.0. And that's where the healthy lactobacilli can thrive. And anything higher than that gives you a chance to make a bacteria party for the bacteria you do not want living in you. So we're very stringent about this patented biomatch formulation, whether the products are organic or biomatch, just strictly biomatch. And really, I've kind of given up the organic thing because it's way less important than biomatch. Interesting. What is, can you explain what biomatch is and does? And then I also want to ask you about the vaginal microbiome too. Yeah, well, so we talked about the same thing with that question, actually. So I was making lube and love oil, mostly, um, when I first started this company. And I was mostly trying to understand how to market to people so that they would have more sex, right? Because lubricants, um, partly it's a, it's, a, it's a category that's challenged by the category itself, which is to say that so many lubricants on the shelf are made with glycols, uh, propylene glycol, polyethylene glycol, other kinds of glycols. Many still have parabens in it, even though that's an illegal ingredient in many places in the world. And it's actually, although you could point to glycols as a single bad ingredient, generally what you look at is a formulation of all these ingredients. And when they're petrochemical ingredients, they tend to be molecularly heavy. And when they're much heavier than our own tissue, what they do is when you when you put a dollop of, say, KY warming, as an example, or which is the worst offender, um, but astroglide, um, I mean, there's a lot of them that are hyperosmolar. And so that means that the formulation of those ingredients, so many things to say about this, but that particular formulation, actually, when you put it on the vaginal wall, when it goes into the vagina and it touches the epithelium, it will pull all the moisture out of the cells because it's too heavy compared to the, so, you know, osmosis, 11th grade chemistry is how the cells balance what's inside and outside. And so if you, if it's too heavy outside, then the cells slough off. Wow. And, um, and basically that's your immune barrier against bad bacteria. So the cells slough off, the pH rises, there's an excess of moisture in there. All the conditions are perfect for bacterial vaginosis, which is the most common of all sexual, we call it infections, but I think it's a condition in the same way that overgrowth of fungus is a condition. It's not a disease, right? And so we go to the drugstore, we pick up a monostat product, just as an example, or metronidazole to get that balance back with our fungal load. There aren't products now that allow you to make that choice uh, over the counter, although our products actually do do that. We can't say it, but they do do that. So the vaginal microbiome and all these questions about osmolality are sort of the same question because we know pretty much almost everybody believes now, took about 25 years for everybody to believe this, that there is a gut microbiome. So all the years I was your age, there was this idea of gut microbiome health. And that instead of just giving people more antibiotics, we should really do something to cultivate a strong gut response, right? And so now we know that probiotics are hundreds of billions of dollar industry, right? And people believe that that makes a difference for your overall health, 
right? What's happening in your gut is actually happening to your whole immune system. Here's the thing. Your gut is not a microbiome in isolation. It starts at your sinuses. Even some people would say your eyes, your throat, your esophagus into, you know, into your stomach, your whole digestive tract out through your vaginal and rectal openings. So whole biome, top to bottom they're all connected, right? So you can have a dysregulated biome in your vagina that might be triggered by your gut and might also trigger your gut. Tell me, because I've heard this theory around UTIs as well. Also UTIs because, so basically what we want when we're keeping a a microbiome anywhere in our body healthy is we want to create what we call biomatch, but another word for it is biomimicry, right? We want to just actually create or support conditions that are what the body is supposed to be doing, right? We don't want to do anything. The body already knows how to do that. So when you take native lactobacilli, right? Because not all probiotics are made equally. It's crazy. Some of the stupid shit people put in micro, like just in the gut. And it's like, no, the gut, that's not what is supposed to live in the gut. They do that with the vaginal microbiome too. Why would you put acidophilus, which belongs in the gut, in the vagina? That doesn't make sense. Still people do that. So you want to always use native lactobacilli that belong to those areas. So actually really fascinating how every part of the microbiome, the eyes, it's a different set of bacteria than the gut, than the vagina. And so that's what we do actually for the vaginal microbiome, right? We use native lactobacilli, crispatus primarily, and we create conditions with our lubricants and also our vaginal care products. We have two lubricants. Well, actually we have four lubricants now. All of those lubricants are safe for the vaginal microbiome, which is to say that they're at the right pH. They don't raise the biome. They use the right lactic acid, which is a diverse lactic acid that supports native lactobacilli. And they are isoasmatic, which means that they are not hyperosmolar, which means that they are not going to pull the lining off of the vaginal walls. So everything we make, that's how we do it, because that's the only smart way to do it. And we got a patent on that smart way. And so that's the cardinal rule of any kind of vaginal care products. The thing is, is as soon as you use a product within four hours, if you use a product that's hyperosmolar, you've actually triggered a bacterial vaginosis event for many people. So you've pulled all that, uh, you've basically shed the top epithelial layer of cells. And for many women, this really gets complicated and scientific, but we don't understand why this is true because we never do any research on women. Um, but we're trying to change that with our sister company, Vaginal Biome Science. Um, but for many, many conditions that plague millions and millions of women. Is that your company? Vaginal Biome Science? So cool. Yeah, we started that in 2021. I dreamt that up. This would be really good if we could like leave the brand not captive of this science. So the FDA doesn't like it when you do science in a brand uh, or at all, honestly. Um <laughs> They don't really want you to do science at all. So we have this uh, biotech company called Vaginal Biome Science, where we're doing amazing research about all these conditions that women have that we, of course, know nothing about and what is happening to their biome when they get diagnosed with that condition, like recurrent UTIs, 
like recurrent BV, like um, chronic pain or flare pains, right? Like there's all these different conditions, some that are flare up conditions like DIV, lichen sclerosis, others that are constant like vulvodynia, vestibulodynia, endometriosis, the list just goes on and on. And we basically hardly know anything about those conditions. Even when women get reproductive cancers, we are right now doing a study to understand what is their biome when they get diagnosed with that. And my prayer is that all those women have some kind of similarity of bacteria that's extremely unusual. And then I'll want to smack somebody across the face and say, how come it's 2022 and I'm telling you guys about this? <laughs> um, but we're we're gathering that data now. Wow. Um, so so everything we make at Good Clean Love is designed to promote the vaginal biome health. Whether you're having sex with somebody or you're not having sex with somebody, we still have a product line because, you know, the idea that literally a woman was never included in a research study until 1993, probably the year you were born, right? Many women will react sometimes fatally twice as often as men to prescription drugs because it was never tested on them. Understand that while there's many things that are universal between men and women, there's also many things that are actually quite unique, right? Like a woman is XX in every cell of her body, not just her genital cells, right? And so that is really a different kind of science to understand the miracle of how women can cycle which is a miracle in itself, why that was not a focus of scientific wonder for the last 300 years is really mystifying to me. But I think speaks volumes about uh, the FDA code, which to this day was written in 1938 and, and does not mention women, pregnancy or vaginas in that code, it's called other conditions. That's still today, 2022. And, um, and so the only code I can ever get a clearance for is penile insertion. Actually infuriating, truthfully. It's very, very super, super unbelievably fucking annoying. <laughs> well, I hope I hope with your um with your new company and your research company that you can actually begin to make some of those like larger changes that apparently you were saying are Well, that's what I that's what I'm gearing up for, right? We're like doing all these studies probably by the end of this calendar year, I'm hoping we'll be at 15 or 20 so that we have a, you know, by the time I get to an end of 500 or a thousand women, you know, and I can show data across all these conditions, then we're going to have a big court fight. I can't wait. I, I'm there. Tell me. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there supporting. And I mean it. We'll see. You know, I like this has to change. Yes. So this is kind of the reason that I am really excited. You know, we got some investment in Good Clean Love for the first time and we have some big plans. And I think Good Clean Love will soon be the brand that everybody thinks of and goes to. I hope I'm praying that's true instead of KY and all these stupid, ridiculous, silly brands that keep making toxic products for women. It's horrible. And I mean, I, w I was going to say, too, like you guys are really quite the gold standard. I know you are mostly you, you guys are in so, so many retailers. That so pretty much everywhere but Walmart right now. And we have an appointment on Wednesday, hopefully where we'll get Walmart to take our products too. But that's the one retailer where we're not. Wow. But there's tons of information about all this stuff that we're talking about 
at goodcleanlove.com. And and what I love is you guys have a do and don'ts ingredients list. So please, anybody listening, go check that out. It's so informative and you can really kind of begin to see how toxic some of the other products are that are out there. Really what I think is most notable about our work is just, I mean, you if you could see like the reviews of just like women who've been searching literally gone to like 10 doctors and then they find our products on a Reddit board or, you know, something. And then they like, it's like they feel better, right? Like when you do the biomatch biomimicry thing, then you just get back to yourself. And that's like the gift, right? Is that you find yourself again. Guys, I need to tell you about this new card game I discovered. It is called Mindful Intimacy by Wonderlust, and it is a couple's card game all about connection and desire. And before you're like, wait, 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 aren't there other intimacy card games out there? This one is different, and I promise you it is the best on the market right now. First of all, gorgeous, chic, beautiful design. It can live on your kitchen table, your bedside table, your coffee table in an inconspicuous, beautifully curated manner. When you open up the game, there are two decks of cards beautifully laid out. One is an entry-level warm-up game that you begin to play to connect with whoever you're playing with, and then you enter the second level, which are more hard-hitting, deep, intimate questions about your sex life, your relationship, your desires, everything that you could imagine to really get to the heart of deep, authentic connection. So head to wonderlust.co, that's W-O-N-D-E-R-L-U-S-T dot co, or join Wonderlust on Instagram and use the code bedside at checkout. Again, that's wonderlust.co using B-E-D-S-I-D-E at checkout. You will get a discount as well as for Black Friday, they're offering free shipping and discounts on bundles for your friends. I promise you, you're going to want to get one for yourself and then some more. So you're going to thank me later. What are tell signs that our microbiome might be off? So if anybody's listening, they're like, how do I know? Well, yeah. So the biggest one that we usually can know, and I always tell women that because it's really not always easy to find the best healthcare, even though you would think that whatever, we've all agreed now that we don't have good and good enough healthcare in this country, but we have actually a list of doctors that take our samples through Sexual Health and Wellness Institute. So we can sometimes provide contacts of doctors that um, are a little bit more modern in their approach all over the country. So that's something that they can contact us at healthcare at goodcleanlove.com to ask about that. But so some of the symptoms when you really pay attention to your own vaginal care is um, that you get a weird odor. It's not like, I mean, sometimes people say it's a fishy odor or whatever, but it's actually the, I I don't even like to use those words because it's like, if you know what you normally smell like, it's everything but that, right? And your own normal smell is it's very sweet. It's vaginal. There's nothing offensive about a vaginal odor. And yet so many women really, really deeply struggle with the idea that they don't smell good. Well, now that might be because they're in this community state where they never have the right lactobacilli and they're always in some shedding state of bacterial vaginosis, in which case they really should come find our products, right? Because they're going to feel better. And sometimes when you're in between, right? Like you were fine and then suddenly you're not fine. Sometimes that's because you have sex with somebody. And sometimes I've heard people having sex with, actually, there was a funny 
tweet somebody put out that my daughter put on Instagram recently. It's like, make sure this guy is worth fucking up your vaginal biome for. (laughs) You know, I like, are you sure you want to mess up your vaginal pH for this person? The thing about it is that our vaginal biome, just like our gut biome, is dynamic. It's not a static, right? And so, you know, you get your period or you travel a long time, you sit on a lot of different toilets, you wear yoga pants for too long without taking a shower, right? Like there's a lot of things that just lifestyle can tilt your biome. And so I basically just use this stuff every day. Now myself, partly also because menopausal and postmenopausal, again, we have no research, so can't really speak authoritatively, but we know that women who are menopausal tend towards much more UTIs, recurrent UTIs, because there's some kind of dysbiosis, right? Like they're not cycling in the same way, but that doesn't mean that they still don't need healthy lactobacilli there, right? But we have, I'll probably be dead by the time you'll be like, oh, I remember when I was 28, <laughs> this woman told me this, but you know, it's true that actually in menopause, you still have to be taking care of your lactobacilli. Yeah. So walk me through your routine really quick with your products. Like what are you doing every day? So I never use any wash and I would tell everybody that's listening to never use any wash, but our balance wash, almost every other, wa- never use bar soaps on your vagina. This is, I mean, we're actually doing a study about this. So soon I'll have research data on it. But but a doctor we work with has done her whole thesis about bar soaps um, in Germany, actually. You know, you don't want to use any harsh saponifiers anywhere near your vagina or really anywhere near your body, truthfully. We really don't understand soap in this culture. That really to make a really good soap requires extremely expensive and high quality low sudsing ingredients. And so that's how we make our balance wash. We also have a new men's wash because we always want men to be really clean in the same way with good, healthy lactic acid. And so we have this really beautiful new cedarwood wash and women can use it too because it's the same formula. I actually really love it too. So I do that every day, sometimes multiple times a day, especially anytime I have any kind of irritation, rinsing that area with a good, healthy cleanse. And so that's like just an aloe rinse really more than it is Wow. I love it. Um, There are some community questions about lube that I'd love to get into. The first question is, if I am someone who's naturally wet, why do I need lube or why should I add lube to my routine? So I guess there's a couple answers to that question. There are women who feel like like more moisture is not going to help them. But I would say that it depends how long you're having sex. So, you know, adding lubricant extends the time that you can do multiple different kinds of positions and sex. And so that's the first answer that comes to me. And the second one is that it's also balancing, right? So our lubricants actually enhance the vaginal biome. So if you're having sperm come into it, kind of a nice little balancing thing that happens there helps to regulate your pH a little bit. Um, So it brings it down. Many people use lubricant to be more comfortable in sex. So if you don't need it to be more comfortable in sex, then you could use it after you're done having sex, not the lubricant, maybe a vaginal gel just to re-regulate. Yeah, I love that answer. Um, Okay, what are the different types of lubes that you recommend using for different situations like masturbation versus toys versus involving a partner? Do you think we should be using different types or oils or water-based 
So most lubricants, at least most of our lubricants, are designed in a with penetration in mind, whether with a toy or with a partner, um, which is to say that a water-based lubricant actually gets a little bit more juicy when there's a little moisture that shows up. You know, you might have to reapply if you're using it for masturbation, which you wouldn't have to do if you use our new hybrid lube, which has dimethicone, or if you use, I really like the love oils for kind of stage one. Toy play would be really good with those. Also anal, there's no moisture at all in that cavity. And so that's another reason we developed the hybrid lube is just to give people the slip for a longer time. You know, we were able to make our hybrid lube isoosmatic. So we use a very small percentage of dimethicone, probably the smallest on the market. Some people are concerned. I personally was concerned about the way in which dimethicone does not wash off. But because we use such a small percentage, that's less of a problem. And it's also better for the biome. Okay. I'm curious to know your thoughts on where you really believe the sexual wellness industry is headed right now. I hope they're headed my way. Um, (laughs) I guess I would say a couple of things. One is that it's the most interesting time that I've ever witnessed in my life about the way that not just sexuality, but gender is being refused, actually, Um, not just redefined, but refused. I feel like the number of people who are calling themselves non-binary are really refusing a structure that goes way beyond what it means to them to be sexual. You know, in some ways during COVID, there was more of a consciousness that, oh, I don't just want to have sex with anybody. I really just want to have sex with somebody who's going to care about me, or at least know how I take my coffee, right? Like some kind of connection. I think that is still going on. And I think that there is more coupling trying to happen than had been true for a long time, but under new terms, right? Like non-monogamy and, you know, all kinds of other ways. What I would say is that I think that a lot of companies are trying to develop marketing to speak to that more fluid space. So I think that there's a lot of like cake is one that I'll point to that's sort of talking about all the different play, this play, that play. Unfortunately, all of their formulas are the same shitty formulas that have been made since the beginning of time. So, you know, most companies come into sexual health and they're just looking to build a platform because that's what people purchase. But Good Clean Love is the only company that actually is building product for solutions, real solutions to the way that we feel and what we need every day. And so I wish people would do more of that. So it wasn't just me, but I'm kind of cornering the market on the best solutions now. So they're going to just have to license from me soon. I mean, yeah, (laughs) it's really the name of the game. I Yeah, I've always thought of that in the same way where I'm like, why are people just white labeling shitty product? But that's a whole other conversation that I mean, because the, the pretty much the only product you can white label that has a 510k clearance from the FDA, which is another war that I can't wait to fight um, with that whole ridiculous code 
is that they keep using the same animal testing, which although Good Clean Love is the only product line that has not been, I mean, we've been cleared without that animal testing, but we're the only ones. Well, because we developed two other tests to replace the guinea pig and the rabbit test. And actually, I'm a kind of a star about this in some scientific circles, because I, I am the only one that has ever changed the FDA code about animal testing. We're still trying to change one other test, which is sort of a fucking ridiculous test that is even required. And it's very difficult to change because science hasn't quite gotten there yet to replace this mouse. Um, so, but we're trying to. Um, and then once I can change this third test, then we can demand they change the regulations, which would prevent them from continuing to clear products that we know are hyperosmolar and toxic to women. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh, Wendy, I am excited. I know, I wish I could come up with that test. I'm trying. So it's really infuriating, right? So that's why there's so many more products that keep coming on the market that just are not good for you. You know, it's better not to use lube or products that are harmful, right? It's better, I mean, it, because it just makes it worse, honestly. You know, to use hyperosmolar products is just going to get you into a, a phase of BV that could maybe turn into a B, you know, UTI that whatever. It's just bad. You know, it's so crazy. And this is why I really think you're on the nose and why when I look at other sexual wellness brands who are just white labeling, I'm like, what are you doing? I, I mean, I think the consumer is only getting smarter. So I'm just like, your business plan is so weak if you're just white labeling really shit product. Like, good luck. Because the consumer's way too smart. Like, and I think, I, you know, I'm hoping that now we, we're going to do this vaginal biome science and try to get some celebrities to buy in. And so then that idea that there is vaginal biome science, that there are products that are better for you, that make a difference for your health. If we can get that out even way before, way beyond in front of good, clean love, you know, that is the key thing is to promote the science. And then, you know, and so people don't try to knock off the words when they're not doing the work you know? Yeah. So yeah, I love it. Cross your fingers. We'll hope so that it works. Um, as we're wrapping up, I, my last question for you is what is currently hanging out on your bedside table? Well, I always have my new products, right? So lately been playing with uh, the liquid lube a lot. I really like it. We have some new CBD products that I'm always the product tester on. And so we have a pleasure serum coming out which is liquid plus CBD. So it's really fantastic. And we have um, a CBD love oil and it's to die for. And we're just about to launch a cocoa mint CBD pleasure butter, which really is unbelievably good. I can't believe how great it is. So, you know, I always have my standard bio nude nearby. Like I said, I have a regimen every day, wash and, and, uh, and vaginal nightly gel. Um, so I'm a, I'm a heavy user. Wendy, thank you so much. I feel like I can always talk to you about so many different things and I, anytime it's such a blast. Yeah. I, you know, so enjoy speaking with you. Thanks for circling back. Of course. Thank you for joining me, Wendy. What a treat. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening. Bye.